This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The is it morning yet deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman, and joining me right now is Yana Shanaeus and Max Cohen. This is our post-match show of Holmes 1-1 draw against West Brom. We have a lot to talk about in regards to this match. We're not going to waste any time. Let me bring on my co-host and get their opening thoughts on this first. To Mr. Max Cohen. Max, how you doing? Let's talk about this match. Your opening thoughts. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right, Russ. Uh, my main man, Marcus Bagnale, is making it very, very difficult for me to continue to defend him. But, you know, I would not be myself if I didn't give a passion defense of him tonight. And you know what? We'll see. I know you guys disagree with me, but, you know, he he made a big he made a big impact in this match. But I don't think it was his fault we drew this match. Many factors led to this. And I know it's unpopular, but I'm still going to stick with him to be the number one goalkeeper. It would just hurt Fulham to have that kind of change in such a crucial position. And I still believe Bettinelli is still the proven number one and he's he's making a lot of errors. I know he's he's not yes. consistent as he used to be. But I think over the course of the season, these things will correct themselves. And the fact of the matter is, guys, we lost. We, sorry, it, it feels like a loss. We didn't lose. Come on, we drew. We drew like this match. Okay. I know, right? We drew this match because we didn't. We weren't clinical, and we did not kill off West Brom when we were on the ascendancy. That's why we drew this match. And you can point fingers at Marks Benelli, as people will do. But at the end of the day. It's because we were not clinical enough when it mattered to get that second goal to put the game to bed. Absolutely. We have to talk about that. We can also talk about the the substitutions didn't happen early enough. That's been something that our co-host, Miller Donnello, mentioned. But certainly, I think that's a factor as well. But we cannot just ignore what happened with Marcus Benelli. We have to talk about it. And before I go to Giannis, because I know he has a view on 
Bettinelli. I'm going to go back to you. Why can't we change the goalkeeper? And I'm going to ask you this. I'm going to remind you. How about when they change the goalkeeper from David Button to Marcus Bettinelli? Why can't they? I think it's a good question. I think at that point in time, David Button had lost the confidence of all the back four. He he was terrible. And I think Marcus Bettinelli has been inconsistent, but he's not been terrible. And if you look at the situations, he's made some questionable calls, and he probably should have made the saves that he didn't make. But I think the situation against us from has been blown totally out of proportion. Nine times out of ten, the referee's going to call that for offensive fa- a foul on oh, Charlie Austin. Goalkeepers get protection, Russ. Goalkeepers get protection, and you might not like it, but I think Ben Nelly thought the whistle was going to go there. I think he thought it was going to go okay. because that's what happens 90% of the time. Goalkeepers get special protection, and the referee decided not to give that to Ben Nelly for whatever reason. And I think it's just being blown away out of proportion, that incident. That should have been a foul. Okay, very good. I have to go to Giannis. I know we've been talking between us, chatting, and uh, Giannis, I know, feels a little bit different. I'm going to introduce him as Shaquille O'Neal. Giannis, your thoughts? That's an inside joke. Um, well, um, <laughs> if, if, if that was a foul, then my, the Miami Dolphins are going to go 16-0 this year. <laughs> I mean, to, to be honest, I mean, it, it, uh, I mean there was, it, it's everything that went with it. it it's, he's come for the cross. To me, it's not a foul. Then he's turned around and he's remonstrated with the crowd. Let's not forget that. And um, I thought, I mean, I, I thought a perfect. I, I'm not going to use the thing about substitutions. I thought we looked very, very comfortable up until that point. Okay. We didn't look like they were going to come back. And um, I know it's tough to pick on the keeper because he's the last line of defence. But really, in a division like this, as a professional. I bet there are. I bet there are Sunday league goalkeepers that are laughing at Marcus now. Are you kidding me? I mean, like, okay. he's come for a cross and he's he, and he's he's flapped at it like a one-legged bird. And um, to me, no, it's no, it's. I think it's it's time for a change. Okay, well, Giannis, I actually agree with you on this. I want to go back to you because Max already said that. It's not time for a change. We should be sticking with Marcus Bettinelli. I used the example of changing from Button to Bettinelli a couple of years ago. So I say, why not? Why not give Merrick Rodak a chance? I think, I think, the, I think the big, and this is interesting, it's interesting, Russ, because right, this is maybe, this is going to be a very big, um, this is a big moment for Scotty. Yes, it is. The reason I think that they're gonna that they should bench him is is actually not because of Marcus. I think you gotta look at if you look back at the footage and you look at the reaction of the back four, actually the team, to the goal going in. I think that'll tell you an awful lot. The body language was very poor. You know, in the next six seven minutes, West Brom put us under the cosh. I thought defensively we were excellent on Saturday, even though Stephen Sess had a bit of an off game. I thought collectively we were excellent. And I think that to spoil a, a performance like that with a gaffe like that, I think Scotty has to be seen to be making a decision to say, you know what, everybody's accountable in this team. And um, and that's not something that, um, you know, he's got to, you know, he can say sorry however many times he wants. 
you got a goalkeeper there that was player of the season for a team that got relegated. Um, Rodak is ready. I mean, he's played on a, a on a team where he, you know, a poor side, and, and he, yet he played well. And, uh, you know, they use the old NFL analogy, Russ, and you'll know this. Yep. Now, going back to, you know, quarterbacks past, you don't want players, you know, you, you don't, we don't need a, like a Tom Brady type of goalkeeper that's going to win us games, but we need someone that won't lose us a game. And I think right now it's a case of, you know, not losing us a game. And um, it was a decent performance out there. It was just, just, it was very deflating. You could see the interview after the game with with, with the Anthony Knockart. Yep. They used the word deflated, and I think that probably summed up the reaction of the fans. So I think changes in order. And I know if Mick McCarthy is in charge, he'd bring Rodak in right now. So okay. that's why. Okay, interesting. Max, over to you, and I want to say this because I want to give Marcus Bettinelli serious credit here. He apologized. I believe it was on Instagram. He apologized. So that, to me, shows character that he was able to do that. So I want to give him credit for that. Your thoughts on potentially changing to Rodak, and I'm thinking, why not, Max? It's early in the season. They've done it before. Different manager. We're talking about Slavisa, but I think this is an important decision that Scott Parker has to make. Which way is he going to go? Will he stick with Bettinelli or will he give someone else a chance to see if they can uh, step up? And, uh, you know, because again, I, I want to think about this, Max, if, if you make several mistakes, wouldn't you expect to be replaced? And I'm just thinking, I think this is the right time to do it. Give someone else a chance. It's not going to be, the be-all to end-all, give someone else a chance, see how Rodak responds, and then make a decision, you know, as the season progresses, as, as Rodak gets a chance. Just like Ben Nelly had a chance. Ben Nelly had a chance. Why can't Rodak have a chance, Max? I just think the situation is different. When Ben Nelly came in for Budden back in the promotion season, he wasn't, he, he had played for Fulham as a first-choice keeper before. It wasn't his first real shot at the job. Rodak, I know he's played excellently at Rotherham, but he's never had the number one. He's never had the number one uh, shirt at Fulham before. And I think a lot of what's going to happen in these situations is the communication with the back four. You know, we're playing that nervous passing style. And I'm just not sure if he might be an improvement. And and, and let's be clear. If Rodak is, I'm not anti-Rodak. I want the best thing for Fulham, right? And I'd love to have Rodak come in here and be superb. I just don't, he's just an unknown quantity right now. And people are going to say, of course, he played well for Rotherham. That, that's not Fulham. He's not played consistently at Fulham. He's not, because he's young. I mean, yes, I was opportunity at some time. I recognize that. But when you compare it to the Bud and Benelli situation, I think that's just so different. Because we knew what Marcus Benelli was. Rodak, I think, is a little bit more of an unknown quantity. And we just don't know how, how we'll fit in with our defense. I think one of the main improvements he had is that he had that really nice awareness with the back four. And I think that really propelled us to promotion um, a couple of seasons ago. I'm just not sure if Rodak is going to have that, but we'll see. And I just think it, with the goalkeeper, we know what it was like last season with the three keepers. It was just instability after right. instability after instability, and there was no pattern. I recognize you're saying, listen, it's early days. It wouldn't be too radical of a decision to change it now. No, I see that, but at the same time, I just think we need consistency there after the terrible year we had last year. 
there's absolutely no consistency. I think Ben Nelly's a guy to keep that consistency. And I just wanted to keep the faith in him. I do not think he'll continue to make mistakes this season. I just don't. And you can disagree with me. And of course the evidence has not been great, but I, I just, I just have, I just have trust. I have trust that he will, he will get us out of the system. And I think we know the kind of goalkeeper he can be. Okay. And listen, he does have a proven track record. We're talking about Marcus Bettinelli two seasons ago in the championship. But again, going back to Merrick Rodak, playing with, with Rotherham, obviously a team not at the level of Fulham, he held his own with a team that got relegated. And he'll be playing with better players. So I actually think it's an advantage to him playing with Fulham now. But yes, he has not played with Fulham's first team. We don't know how he's going to react. But if he played fairly well with Rotherham, I have a good feeling about this. And again, if I made these mistakes, I would be thinking to myself, you know, maybe I will be replaced. I'm talking about, you know, as a, as a player, you know, you make these types of mistakes, the manager has to be thinking about it. And I think this is a, a tough decision for Scott Parker. And I think he has to at least consider it. That's just my thoughts on it. I would make the change, see how it goes, and then make a decision based on how Rodak responds. I would make the change right now. That's what I would do. But I understand where you're coming from, Max. Um, another talking point, I just barely started talking about it, and, and I know Giannis has some thoughts on it. I want to go over to you first. The substitutions that came late in the second half. Now, Billich made two really important substitutions that actually I think changed the match in the second half. He made those substitutions and then later on made a third. So what are your thoughts about Scott Parker basically not making substitutions, or when he made them, they were very late. What, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that played a factor in here? The changes with this with these substitutions, I think, changed the match. So shouldn't you counter what Billich did? What, what are your thoughts about that? Um, I know Teddy Danilo talks about the um, substitutions. Yep. Um, I think that's I, I think that's hard. I think that's harsh on Scotty. Okay. I mean, I, I think he would have. I mean, we don't know what he said in the, in the changes after the game, but I, um, what can you say to your team after after a performance where you've played well? Yeah, we've missed some chances, but we've looked very comfortable, and we really nullified the threat that West Brom brought to the good side. Yeah, and then you let in a goal like that. I mean, it, it, it's yeah. People say yeah, we brought on players too late and da da da. Would we would we be having the same conversation if we won this game one nothing? No, and Probably. and the fact is, the what happened with Marcus in net changed changed the whole game. Obviously, we could then all have gone. We could have gone two one down. Maybe okay. Could he be criticised because he was you know he waited? Could he have waited too long or did that? Maybe here's a thought. Maybe he was in shock. Maybe he was sitting there going, "What the hell's just happened here?" Because I because of, I mean it, it felt like. Um, you you know, Pim had gone through the balloon of the fans because they all standing there going, "What's what's just happened here?" And that's why you know you you got to you got to think of a lot of factors in terms of you got to make a big change. You know, you change your custodian in that. But for me, for the way our back four's been playing, you know, we've eleven points from seven games doesn't seem right when we've really dominated most of the games. Yeah. But but the goalkeeping's been questionable. 
and okay. and, and it's not and the goalkeeping's not been good enough. And would we sort of defend? Would we accept the sort of defending? You know, relative to the sort of keeping we've been getting from Marcus, no, he wouldn't. So um, he showed, you know, he showed his metal Scotty by taking Sess off. And I think Monday morning when, he, you know, this morning when they went back to, you know, um, to the training ground, um, I'm sure he sat down with the coach and said, you know what, that was a game we should have won. How many of these games yeah. are we going to have? And you can apologize on Instagram all you want. But actually, in many ways, it's not the fans that matter. It's the players you're playing behind because right. they lose confidence. They lose faith in, in the person in that. Sure. And, that's, and that's why I think you need to make the change. Okay. Very good. Max, over to you. Feel free to share your thoughts on what Yash has said. And I'm curious your thoughts on me bringing up what Emilio said on full time when he talked about waiting too long to make the substitutions and not reacting quickly enough to the moves that Billich made, which changed the match, his substitutions. Yeah, well, I'm just going to go to what Yana said about, you know, apologizing on Instagram is all well and good, but it's about the players. Well, let's look at the post, right? Let's look who comments on the post, Ben Nelly's post. Ben Nelly says, apologies to the fans and the boys for the mistake second half. The boys deserved all three points today. On to yep. next week to put things right. I think we can all agree with that sentiment. That's what Ben Nelly sure, said. Sure, absolutely. Uh, like comment there. Steven Sessegnon, you're still the man, Bets, make no apology. Two hearts emojis and a hand emoji. Uh, Cyrus Christie, head up, geez. Head up, geez. These things happen. It's a long season. Harrison Reed, you've been class. Forget that, mate. Um, Ryan Sessegnon, heart emoji. <laughs> These are the players he's played with. I'm going to, yeah. I mean, Harrison Reed, Steven Sessegnon, Cyrus Christie. These don't sound like players who've lost confidence in their keeper. These sound like well, players who recognize that professionals make mistakes and then he's going to put this right. Okay, Lynn, but then, but then, Max, let's 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 go back a little bit here. In terms of that, in terms of um, in terms of that mistake, what would someone like a Roy Keane have done? It would he would have been happy, but it's it's a different era. No, exactly. But, I mean... like that. Right, and that's and that's why <laughs> and that's why, but and that's why Roy Keane was a champion. That's why Roy Keane was who he was. That's why Roy someone I'm going to use Roy because he called everybody into account. It's funny I didn't see any comments from Harry Arter. I didn't see any comments from, from Kevin McDonald. I didn't see a comment from Tom Kearney. I mean, you, you're talking about three of the most influential players in, in the club. You know, with all due respect to Harrison Reed, who I thought had a, a super game Saturday. He did. The club, the club captain said nothing. The team captain on the day on okay. Saturday said nothing. And Arthur was suspended for Saturday. And Arthur is, is a player who, you know, the old joke is he'd... he'd um, you know, he he book himself for the sort of stuff he gets up to in the training guys for fun out loud. He calls plays and that I think is the mark of a champion. Somebody who, who turns around and goes, Oi, you know what? We put it out there for ninety minutes, we didn't give you a lot to do, you couldn't catch a cold. And now we've dropped two points in front of our fans after the two week break where everybody was getting excited after we got the point down in Wales against the Bardiff, and now we've blown it again. So I, I still think I still think it's about, you know, what they say, Max, what they say on social media as a response to that, to me, is public posturing. It's almost phony pleasantry. It's like, you know what, they're there. It's okay. We still love you. But you know what? Privately and deep down this evening, because they, put, they wasted a perfectly good performance, really because of one completely avoidable gaffe. They're going to say that because they're going to want everybody to want you. 
that, you know, there you're all in the same boat and we're fighting together and we're family. But I'll tell you, a number of those people, the players there, will be very, very upset because it was a wasted opportunity. Yeah. And Max, going back to you, because listen, I understand your loyalty to Marcus Bettinelli. You believe in him. And it's not that I don't believe in him. I just think right now is, is time to give someone else a chance because there have been several mistakes that I think have cost Fulham points. And if we want Fulham to gain automatic promotion, which I think we all want, they can't afford to be dropping points like this anymore. So I'm thinking this is the time to make a change. I love your loyalty to him and, and your belief in him. And But I just think this is the right time. So I think that's where I'm coming from. It sounds like Giannis feels the same way, but very good. One other talking point that I think we, we can all agree upon is not being clinical enough. I think not being able to score that goal in the first half came back to bite them. Max, I'll go to you first, because if we want to really focus on something beyond Marcus Bettinelli and, and talking about making substitutions late, I think we have to talk about not being clinical enough. Your thoughts? Yeah, exactly. And that's the one that we're missing out on is that this match never should have been in a position for Bettinelli to give, to give away that goal, right? It should not have been a one-goal match. Let's point fingers at Tom Kearney. He's through on goal, smash it off the crossbar. That's not good enough. Should score that one. This match never should have been 1-0 in the 80th minute. And that's, I think, the real issue. Yes, there have been some incidences where we've, we've thrown away points because of goalkeeper errors. But those matches never should have been close to finish these chances. I mean, that's nothing to do with the entire attack. That's just not one person. And it's very simple to point fingers at a single individual. That's just human nature. It's an easy right. solution. The harder solution is, why was this match 1-0 in the last 10 minutes when we were so incredibly dominant? And we were so dominant. We were better than West Brom, but it did not show in the scoreline because it was only 1-0. Okay, very good. You got a score. You're throwing goal. Great ball from Harrison Reed. That's a yep. terrible finish. You're better than that. You should be one of the best players in the division. But I've not really heard anyone talk about that chance at all. <laughs> Guess what, Max? Um, you just did. <laughs> you just talked about it. Yeah, but it's not what they sign up for. You make a mistake, it's amplified. But when you have attacking players who miss easy chances, we give them a little bit more leeway. And I don't yeah. think it's fair to necessarily – I'm not equating the two, but yeah. I'm saying we can't just talk about one and ignore the other. Well, again, we're talking about the lack of finishing here, and I think that's important. If we're going to talk about Marcus Bedinelli, we have to talk about that. Giannis, very good point because I said to uh, Emilio as well, listen, in my opinion, Fulham should have been up 2-0 at the half. So yeah. you can look back and – you have to talk about that because they need to be more clinical. You're playing a very good team like West Brom that I think are going to be around the top six. They could win automatic promotion because they're tough to play against. This was a very good quality opponent, and Fulham were not clinical enough. I think you're going to agree with me on that. Yeah, I thought I um, I do agree. I thought um, I thought Mitro. I thought Mitro looked leggy on Saturday. He looked tired. When I know, I mean, and and I'm not going to necessarily defend him here because you know Tim Ream had a couple of games for the US and and uh, and what have you. And then you you sort of question, okay, you had the, the midfield you had, and maybe Scott has rested Stefan Johansson because he's played a couple of games for for Norway in the break. But um, I thought Mitro looked a, a little leggy, um, what not his normal um, perky self. But having and you know yes you've got to yes you've got to finish your chances but then you know the nature of the beast is where is the position that you play and um, you know if you look at 
you look at the game, um, we had a number of chances, but then again, in, in that you know, in this particular division, I'm sure every single team is guilty of missing chances. So it is mm. what it is. We should have been a couple of goals up. But Marcus didn't have many saves to make the whole game. And Marcus hasn't had many saves to make the whole game uh, um, most games this season. Right. Now, if we go back to the Carabao, Caribou, Marabou, Moose Cup, <laughs> um, Mr. Rodak um, did have several saves to make against the Saints and played very, very well. Um, so he showed in that game his capability and um, arguably was our man of the match. I think that um, it might be... See, Scotty could use the next game and in terms of giving... Um, I know it's going to sound a little bit like you're dealing with a child, but give him a timeout. Right. You know, give him the game games a look. That wasn't great. Sit, sit, sit on the bench for 90 minutes, okay, and take a look. And, and just, you know, it, it, maybe just for a game with thingy. And give Rodak the chance to come and do a job. And I'm sure Rodak is chomping at the bit. Right. Um, and um, I, 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 it's, it's, I mean, we, we had chances and, you know, it's like the James Bond thing, isn't it, really? You never, you never, you never, the villains never seem to kill him off. They always seem to give him an inch. I mean, you know, he somehow survives it. And we did that with West Brom. So yeah. better for them to stick around. And, and let's not forget that uh, Slavin Bilic is an excellent coach. And they've got a nice organized team although they having said that they didn't really i don't think they really troubled us we really should have put them away but i think i mean again when the goal went in it, it's it was almost laughable because it really seemed to come out of nowhere yep i totally agree all right guys let's move on and uh real quick thoughts on the starting 11 and the 18 i'll, I'll go to you first yeah it's real quick on that because i really want to break down this match no issues at all um, for me. Um, obviously, Harry Arthur was out of the lineup. Um, it was, I think, probably our, our strongest lineup given, given the uh, circumstances. Uh, I know the cameras were looking at um, uh, Cyrus Christie and Nathan Cabana uh, up, on, up, up in the cottage, sitting close to Will Farrell. I was wondering if Will was going to be one of the subs. <laughs> Um, but but no complaints. It was it was on paper um, a better side than West Brom put out. Okay, I totally agree with that. I I actually liked that Bobby Reed was included. I found found that interesting. Okay, Max, over to you quickly. Tell me your thoughts on the starting eleven and the eighteen overall. Yeah, the big thing for me was no Stephen Johansson uh, in the starting eleven, which means I'm really curious to see who our starting central midfielders will be once everyone's back from injury. Uh, in suspension. So it depends who's going to be that three of Kearney, Reed, Decadorva, Reed, Johansson, uh, McDonald, Arder. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to. But apart yep. from that, I think the lineup is pretty strong. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's take a look at the first half, which I thought was a dominant performance from Fulham, but unfortunately they had nothing to show for it. They did have some opportunities. Let's start with the opportunity very early on. 16th minute, Kearney hits the bar. I Again, cringed when that happened because I thought that was a wonderful opportunity for Fulham. 23rd minute, you have a shot by Bobby Reed, And then in the 26th minute, shot by uh, Narkart. And then one by Reed, great save by the goalkeeper. Again, just I, I thought he played very well, kept Fulham at bay. So I want to give uh, the West Brom goalkeeper some credit there. And then in the 28th minute, you actually have an opportunity 
from Charlie Austin for West Brom that goes over. And then uh, you have a save by, by Betts in the 38th minute again from an opportunity from Charlie Austin. And then later on in the 43rd minute, you have a shot by Cavallaro. So, guys, just I want to just get your overall thoughts on the first half. I'll go to you first, Max. Your thoughts on the first half. I think we're the better side. But, again, we found it really tough to break through. And although we could have been down, actually, because Charlie Austin got some really good opportunities, he got free a, a number of times. Uh, he had that volley he put over, totally unmarked. And then from that free kick late on, again, totally free header, luckily right at Benelli. So although we were kind of dominant, there were still some warning signs there that West Brom could be dangerous uh, on set pieces and crosses from wide areas. Okay, excellent. Giannis, your thoughts on the first half? I thought we were very good. I thought we were very good. I thought we were in a very good position. We, we kept it. We, I thought we built the ball up well. From the, from the back, I thought the, the back four looks assured. Harrison Reed um, was busy as a bee. He, was, he, he, he had to make his different, us a different dimension. Midfielders, then Scotty's going to have a decision to make, you know, this Saturday about what to do there because obviously Seth Joe will be. Pretty probably raring to go, but I thought it was a dominant performance. And um, you know, it's unfortunate it weren't a goal up, but you always got the you always got the feeling we were going to somehow unlock them. Um, I thought they were doing West Brom were doing a pretty good job in terms of zone. Um, I thought that I, thought, I actually thought they their um, the left I thought the left back um, the young twenty uh, I love his name um, had a very very good first half, but I thought we had enough in terms of movement, especially from the wide players that we were going to unlock them in the second half. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's move on to the second half. And um, let's start where, again, Fulham take the lead. And this was a great goal in the 50th minute. I do want to mention right before that you do have the header from Mitro, but the goal by Knockhart I thought was special. That gave Fulham the lead. And uh, then we move on. After Fulham take the lead, I noticed a little bit of change in in the mentality. Maybe Fulham were sitting back a little bit, and that's when Billich made his double substitution. And I think that really changed things a bit. They started getting on the front foot, and um, Fulham were on their heels a little bit. But Fulham actually had some opportunities to make it 2-0. You have a great shot from Reed in the 61st minute. And then you have that shot by Brian right after that. But, guys, a few minutes later, I want to to get your thoughts on on this key moment because I don't think many people have talked about this. And we both, all three of us, watched this match. So I want to go to you, Max, in the 65th minute. Bobby Reed, the announcer said this, and we saw a replay on this. Was he fouled in the box by Ferguson? Should this have been a penalty? I think it should have. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's a penalty. Bobby nips in with, with his foot, gets in front of the ball, and Ferguson hacks him down, doesn't touch the ball at all. It's clearly within the area. It's right on the edge, but it's within. And the referee has a great view of it. I don't know why on earth it wasn't called. Yeah. And, you know, when Kerry gets the ball, he almost stops. And is like, ref, going to call this. And then just plays on. But it was just inexplicable because that was such a clear opportunity where Reed got in before Ferguson. Ferguson hacks him down. And that really should be a penalty, in my opinion. Totally agree. Giannis, your thoughts on this, because I know that you've taken a look at this, and yeah. I've seen several angles of this, and 
maybe I'm not listening to enough uh, talk on this match, but I don't hear much talk about this situation. This was a penalty to me. Your thoughts? Yeah, it was a penalty. Yeah, it was a penalty. Um, but, you know, we, we've, um, we know that the, the one thing we can always know that you know, for certs is that championship uh, officiating often can be wildly inconsistent. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, this is where, you know, things like VAR have to sort of come, come in. Uh, you know, we point out the sports like football, certainly cricket, rugby, where you, we, it's a matter of you get, make the right decision. Come to the right decision. Um, and that's the key there. And that, to me, was a, was a stonewall penalty. And uh, he's not given it. Um, and it's, well, I mean, it's, you know, if we get the penalty, we go 2 nothing up and, and, it, and things should look comfortable. Uh, but uh, it wasn't to be. And, um, you know, um, we, it, we couldn't finish our chances and it gave them an opportunity to come back in. Absolutely. And this goes back to what Max said. It's not just about the mistake by Marcus Benelli. It's not taking advantage of your opportunities. It came back to bite form. In the 68th minute, you do have the opportunity from Furlong. He hits the side netting. Then Robson Kanu comes on. Now we have to talk about the save that Bettinelli made in the 78th minute. It was on, on a cross. He makes the save. But then we have the mistake by Bettinelli on a corner. Ajawi scores and uh, and gets the equalizer. And we pretty much have talked about this already. This, to me, was a deflating moment for Fulham because they were the better side. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care what West Brom fan thinks about this. Fulham were the better side. Were they better in the second half? Absolutely. I'm talking about West Brom, but this was a sucker punch, and uh, it was it was a self-inflicted wound, I guess you could say, because Marcus made a mistake. And uh, in my opinion, I know we disagree, some of us, on this, that that cost us the match. I, I cost us the victory. I, I, I think it did, but there are other factors as well. And then uh, after that, you have the opportunity from Mitro. Uh, that goes over the net. This is a great opportunity on a header, but he just just missed it slightly. Then you have Josh Anoma coming on for Reed, which I found interesting. And Furlong just miss, misses in the 89th minute, and the match ends 1-1. So, guys, I want to get both your feelings on the second half in general. Giannis, I'll start with you. West Brom played their way back in the game. There's no question. Second half, Bilic has made some some canny substitutions, and and you know um, he's he's a very good manager. West Brom are lucky to have him. Um, the, the, I mean, the Anoma for Reed one was a, a little bit of an odd one, but you know, Sess came off, Adoy came on. Yep, I forgot about uh, that. Yep. But I think, I think I think I think everybody was I think. I think everybody, by the time the subs had come on, I think everybody was still in shock. There's probably a lot of fans that were, you know, walking down, you know, um, towards the station with their buses or their cars and probably wondering what on earth just happened, what happened there. That was that was daylight robbery that we, we couldn't take the three points. West Brom fans, well, I'm not going to take them too seriously. They have to live in West Brom for crying out loud. They're not there, you'll know why. Um, but having said that, if they've been really honest about it, they'll realise they were very fortunate to get a play. And sometimes you have games like that, you know, yeah. where you don't play particularly well and you get something out of it. 
it's a game where we should have taken three points. And we're, but we're going to have games where we don't play particularly well and we'll nick it. Yeah. And um, and have to be magnanimous enough to know about that. And it is, you know, in, in some way I do feel a bit sorry for, for Marcus because it's, you know, unfortunately when you have things like that, you, whether rightly or wrongly, we've got this, this the scapegoat factor. Yep. Um, I just think that um, everybody has a job to do. And, um, you know, to be, to be fair, if, if the challenges come in, um, if, if Mitro has made that challenge on their keeper and got called for foul, I'd be very upset. I'd be very, very upset because compared to some of the shenanigans that were going on in the box for corners where the, the ref, and for the point there, there was a time where the ref lost a bit of control because... Micho was having lots of fun and games of players in the box and their arms flailing and all that sort of stuff. But really, the strike, he's got every right to go for the ball. He's, he's, I don't know why there wasn't a centre-back actually marking him. The yep. other question mark is when, the, the, when he's palmed the ball and of all the places to palm it, he's palmed it backwards. Or when he's palmed it, he gets behind him. You know, they should have been marking at the far post because it was a simple head. It was, it was tougher. It really was... Um, it was uh, it was you know, two yards out, but at the same time, striker has a, every right to go up for that ball. Yeah. And to me, that that wasn't um, he didn't impede. I mean, it wasn't a foul. So okay. it's just that you know. Um, I'm sure when he got back to the uh, when he when he got in today, Marcus would have um, he's probably been thinking about it the whole weekend. Sure. He knows. And his remonstration with the supporters probably didn't help his has not helped his case. Uh, I would suggest. Okay. They, they're, they're the paying public. They've got the right to say what they're going to do. They're, they're loyal fans. And um, they saw from behind the net what we saw from the camera angle. And yep. obviously, they didn't accept what they saw. Okay. Very good. Over to you, Max. Yeah, of course, it's disappointing not to get the three points. But, you know, just to take a step back, this is one of the best, I think, periods it's played, you know, all season. We actually played well in, in, in stretches of this match, maybe not a full 90 minutes, and that's why I just said periods of it. But at least it's showing that this team can click, and at least in an attacking sense, we can create Oh, I chances. totally agree with that. There are positives something to that, take out of this. Yeah, that's one thing I would say. It's like, I'd almost rather, it's frustrating for sure, but I'd almost rather play well and not necessarily get a three points at this stage of the season than be playing poorly and scraping through victories. Because I think when you're playing well, that bodes really well for the future, because it's a very long season. I mean, we still, you know. Yeah. 38 matches to go, whatever, 30 matches to go. So there's going to be times when we're going to win. Most of the time, when we play like this, we'll win. And that's what's encouraging for me is that we've played well, and, you know, 95% of the time, we will win these matches. See, that I agree with because one of the positives to come out of this is that you can see the potential that, and I'm going to say this again, I can see this clicking. I just don't know when it's going to click. I can see them going on a run like they did two years ago, and I'm going to say it right now. I've seen enough evidence that backs me on that. I truly believe that, that they have the, the players, and once it comes together, they will go on a run. I'll, I'll make a statement on that right now. And part of this is evidence that I truly believe that. But right now, it's a work in progress, and they're making mistakes. And uh, I do think that's part of the reason why we're looking at what went wrong, and that's why we're talking about Marcus Benelli. But we're not just talking about him. We're also talking about not being clinical. Hopefully these things change. Again, the mistakes, and I'm not talking about Marcus in general, just the mistakes are lessened and that they're more clinical and we start seeing 
more points coming from Fulham. All right, guys, quickly, I'm going to go over the full-time stats. I find them very interesting. I did this on full-time. Let's start with possession. Fulham had 69% to 31%. Total shots, 17-9 in favor of Fulham. On target, 6-3 in favor of Fulham. I think this is the one stat that stands out to me. Corners, 13-3 in favor of Fulham. Crosses, 27-11 in favor of Fulham. Passing accuracy, forward at 89%, which is excellent. West Brom were at 69%. And then fouls, 13 for Fulham, 10 for West Brom. Max, quickly over to you. Thoughts on the full-time stats. What do they tell you? Yeah, I mean, double the possession, double the shots, you know, almost four times the amount of corners. We should have won this match. Um, and, and those, for me, even make it more clear that this match was, was not won because we weren't clinical enough. You know, that's the issue. We, we okay. should have put this match to bed just based on the stats you read out. We had way more chances, way more possession, way more corners. It's unfortunate we didn't get three points. Okay. Giannis, over to you. Um, absolutely. Um, we, we, you know, we dominated in all phases. You know, with possession, number of passes, passing accuracy, shots on target, um, shots in total. Um, but unfortunately, the one statistic counts at the end of the day is uh, the final score so then right. the next question we'll be asking ourselves is when the lineup is announced for saturday's game are we going to be talking about marcus the carcass <laughs> oh, well we shall see there my friend that's very funny all right let's say we're talking about man of the match i want to mention that the man of the match from the foam football club website was harrison reed he's my man of the match over to you, Giannis. Who was your man of the match? Absolutely. Oh, and I thought Reed had an excellent game. I really did. I'm like, what a canny pickup. Does he give Scotty a problem now? Yes and forward. no. Yes and no. Because um, we all love Steph Joe. Steph, Steph Joe had two very good performances for Norway in the international break, including scoring a goal against Sweden in Stockholm. But you've got to pick your best team. And on the basis of what I saw on Saturday, Harrison Reed has to be in the starting eleven. Steph Joe's a, a great, you know, what I call a great shit house that you can get coming off the bench to mix things up. Um, I, but for me, Harrison Reed showed enough gumption and movement and passing accuracy and awareness for him to be in the eleven. I thought he was outstanding on Saturday. So, okay, um, it, it would be in terms of an emotional piece. But then, you know, the head's got to rule the heart here. So, for me, uh, Reed starts on Saturday. Okay, excellent. What are your thoughts there, Max? Was he your man of the match? And also share what what you think, what we're talking about in regards to Reed. Should he be starting? Does this give Parker an issue here moving forward? You know, I was going to go with Reed, but I'm going to give my man of the match to Will Farrell. Uh, really great presence from the director's box. I'm, I'm just, <laughs> he was one of the brightest parts of the match, actually. Um, yeah. But, yeah, no, without a doubt, I think Harrison Reed was excellent. That ball he played through to Kenny was just so well weighted. Yep. That was one of the best passes I've seen all season. But also his his tackling, his determination in the middle, he was breaking everything up. He really did, um, I think, what Arter can do as well. So, as you guys mentioned, it's going to give Parker a headache. But, again, it's a very good headache to have. Good problem. And, listen, maybe Reed – can be someone with a little bit more composure than Arder, who won't get those silly fouls and dive and do whatever yep. uh, else you know Arder's known for. 
So it's good to have options. And I think Reed made a very good case for starting against Sheffield Wednesday. Okay. You know, Excellent. the other thing as well, Max, you know, it's something that, that, that um, and this might be a little bit of a shock, but when Scotty gets ready for Saturday, I'm wondering, I'm wondering if he, he could perhaps do the unthinkable here. And that is sit Kearney. Oh, I don't know about that, Giannis. I, well, I hear what no, you're saying. Well, you've got to, so, so you got to Well, if, in terms of team influence since, since the start of the season, of performances, I think we can all agree, I mean, notwithstanding what happened down in Wales, that Harry Arthur's been a big upgrade for us. Oh, absolutely. Totally agree. And Harrison Reed showed a lot of quality um, in Saturday's game, but for me, it was his consistency quality that, that I, re- I was really, really pleased with. And I'm wondering if, you know, if the topic of discussion may not be, you know, the headache of whether it's Harrison Reed versus Steph Joe as to whether maybe Harrison Reed and Harry Hutter are in the middle. But he looks at Tom Kearney. I, you see, to me, you've got to bring the whole package. Is Tom Kearney the greatest ball winner? No, he's not. No. Um, he's got a fantastic left foot. But you, you do have to pick your players that are in form. Yeah, you know, and um, it's, so I'm just I, I, again I, I I'm not saying to drop Kenny, but I'm wondering if if it's it's perhaps playing into Scotty's mind. Look, um, you know, I mean, this is a really difficult. But you have got two players playing very very well. Yeah, I mean, what what do I what grounds do I have to dr- to drop them or either of them? Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see. It'd be, it'd be interesting to see because we know that. Um, Scotty play, play also um, bases a lot on what happens at, on the training ground. Absolutely, and um, you know, uh, Caballero scored. A, you know, scored a few goals, but I thought he was really in and out on, pretty in and out on Saturday. Yeah, I agree with that. And let's not forget that Knockhart got his goal from the left hand side, not the right. Yep. So, um, be curious to see. And Sheffield Wednesday are going to be. The, it's going to be. They're a good side, and. Yep. Um, uh, they got a good win at uh, uh, Huddersfield yesterday, so that's yep. um, it'll be a good challenge. Okay, real quick, over to you, Max. Thoughts on what Janis just shared about Tom Kearney? Yeah, I think I don't know why. Let's just go with Arder Reed, uh, Harrison Reed, Arder Harrison Reed, and then Kearney as the attacking midfielder. I think there's space for three of them, and you sit Bobby Reed and you sit Johansson. I think that's a good compromise in that okay. situation. All right, excellent. Great show, guys. I really enjoyed it. Great debate about Marcus Benelli, but it wasn't just about Marcus Benelli. I'm glad that we talked about other things, but it's something that I think we needed to talk about. We'll have to see how this all plays out. But, again, excellent show, but let's wrap this up. For my co-host, Janos Janais and Max Corner, Russ Coleman, thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.